On this episode of The Playbook, I have a 30 under 30, Ben Francis, founder and owner of the billion dollar company, Gymshark. And we're going to talk about the best opening day ever. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. I have a superpreneur. That's right, the 30 under 30. Another Hall of Famer, Ben Francis, founder and owner of Gymshark. Ben, welcome to The Playbook. Hi, David. Lovely to chat to you. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, man, you are outclassing me at every level, including that beautiful voice and vocabulary that you have. Um, but, you know, I can imagine I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking this kid, he could be at my door delivering me a pizza from Pizza Hut. And I would think to myself, you know what? Why is this guy delivering me a pizza? Because he just reeks of success. You glow of confidence and charisma. Uh, and it goes beyond your voice and vocabulary. Uh, you have a certain energy that you carry uh, and that belief in yourself. Where did that belief, that energy that you carry, where'd that come from? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I think, well, when it, when it comes to business, the thing that I would say, so here in the UK, we, we do something called work experience, which is basically when you're young, I think it's sort of 12, 13 years old you will basically go and work somewhere for free just to get an idea of what the working world's like. I did work experience with my granddad um, and he basically built and lined furnaces, which to those of you that don't know, are huge machines, huge um, things that you put things in to heat things up, basically, simply put. And we would line them with ceramic fiber and brick and so on. And he would tell me about some of the risks that he took in building his business. Now, he built his business when he had two kids, a mortgage and a, and, you know, a family to look after. So albeit I'm super proud of what we've achieved here at Gymshark, my personal risks were done when I was a teenager. So I felt like in comparison to some of the risks that he took, they were, you know, they were quite small. So I think that sort of helped at a young age really get me used to sort of taking risk and put things into perspective as well. And that perspective carried on, you know, as you invested in yourself. I don't like the word sacrifice. A lot of people would think, you know, oh my gosh, he sacrificed so much to build Gymshark. And you also evolved um, through a lot of different lessons. Gymshark wasn't what it is today when you first started. What, what was the business when you first started? Yeah, so, so obviously when it first started, Gymshark didn't exist. And then just for context, Gymshark is now eight years old. Last calendar year, we did over half a billion dollars in revenue, you know, unicorn brand. Um, so it's been a crazy, crazy growth. We're one of the UK's fastest growing businesses from a revenue perspective, um, which is amazing. I'm super proud of that, right? But we've also grown the bottom line. So we're one of the fastest growing companies in the UK in terms of profits as well, which I'm really proud of because it shows that we've built a robust business too. Um, listen, when the business first started, I was at school. I was just massively into the gym. I'd sort of finished up playing football, soccer in the States and realized that I was never going to be a professional. I wasn't good enough. Fell in love with the gym. At the same time as that, I was massively into tech. I was building apps, websites, everything in between. Um, and it was basically just the amalgamation of my passions. Wow. And, you know, through that, you're so young. One of the, I was the CEO of a pretty big company when I was 29. And I didn't know what I didn't know. 
I'm going to ask you a question you may have never been asked before. Mm-hmm. What do you think you don't know? You know, obviously you run a half a billion dollar company, huge success. Mm-hmm. But I wish somebody would ask me when I was in 20, 20, in my 20s running big companies. Hey, Dave, you know, what do you think you don't know? So I think, so Gymshark is, you'll know, right? We're a very simple business model. So it's a direct consumer e-commerce business that sells things, uh, you know, online. Um, to our community. So we're a very, very simple business. So I've never worked, my previous job was at Pizza Hut and just messing around with websites I'd built. I've never been in a complex business. And funnily enough, we've just opened up our first front end international office. So currently we now have offices in the UK, uh, in Birmingham, in London. We have offices in Hong Kong, Mauritius. And we've just opened up our first front end office in Denver, Colorado. It's, it's a whole different game running international offices. It's all well and good running here in the UK. You know, we're a very small country, but time zones up in the morning early at time to speak to people in Hong Kong and Mauritius. But then you've got the guys over in Colorado that but for us are up later. The complexities of running an international business have really, really surprised me. You know, it's so interesting you say that. I ran a business in South Korea in my 20s in for Samsung and their, their phone division. but I, people say, oh, that must have been so difficult because the technology wasn't quite there yet. You know, we had an inaccurate Skype might have been the best way to communicate uh, worldwide. Uh, I actually thought it was to my advantage because there wasn't an expectation of accessibility. Um, and today I work worldwide, speak worldwide, coach worldwide. And there's this expectation, you know, just through WhatsApp even of 24 hour accessibility but yet we have to you know, manage and, and run our, our, our lives in our own uh, focus. What has that accessibility mean, meant to you as an executive? How have you controlled and balanced you know, controlling your accessibility and maintained that uh, to a normal use? It's inc- and so in my position, it's really difficult to do so because I've got like several roles in the business, right? So I have a day-to-day role. So I have a full-time salaried job as anyone else does here at Gymshark. But then I've also got sort of directorship duties. So your general, you know, accounts, legalities, all that sort of stuff. Then I've also got the founder role, i.e. I'm the founder of Gymshark. I tend to be sort of the public spokesperson for Gymshark. So my role splits up into so many different facets. So I've, I've found that I've really had to learn to one, trust other people, but also build strength in depth in the teams that I'm working in, because it's just physically impossible for me to be helping out Hong Kong at half five in the morning UK time, but then also helping out Denver at, you know, half 10 UK time. It just isn't possible. So we've really had to learn to build true strength in depth um, in the teams that we're working in and across the world, which has been really important. One of the things that I find interesting about young entrepreneurs I am blessed to be around a lot of the 30 under 30 crowd and extremely jealous, by the way, which isn't an attribute that I like for myself, but I, I just would like that one chance to do it over again. Uh, but you uh, have an extreme work ethic uh, mm-hmm. inside and outside. Um, where, where did that come from? Is that a combination of things or is there one certain area where you've just learned to, to have inside and outside the gym this type of work ethic? So I'd say, I think it's ingrained in, it's certainly ingrained in the area and it's, it's certainly ingrained in the area myself. And I think I've learned a little bit through the gym. So first and foremost, 
I grew up in a part of the UK called the West Midlands um, in sort of the area of Birmingham. It's historically a working class town. It's very industrial. The work ethic here, the, the, the expectation here is you work hard. That, you know, it's just the way that it is around here. And I'm super proud to be from that background. It's a, it's a lovely place. Uh, if anyone is ever in the UK, I would say visit Birmingham. It's beautiful. Um, so I think that's, that's one. Two, my family are ridiculously hardworking. My grandparents just, you know, they still work today. My parents, incredibly hardworking. Everyone around me is hardworking. So I feel like if I was anything, but it would be very, it, it just, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair. And, and just off that, I'll, I'll never forget. So when we, when I was, I think I was about 21, 2021, and we started to build out the Gymshark team. And I think there was maybe a little bit of an expectation. And I don't know, this might've just been my perception, but I remember thinking, oh, wow, now people almost work for me. They work for the business. And it's very quickly that you realize that they don't work for you, but you in fact work for them. So I really genuinely firmly believe that, that all the people around me, I'm working for them. I'm, you know, I'm trying to help further the business, the brand, the community, but also I'm trying to help them as well. Um, and then honestly, the gym and the, the structure that I learned in the gym, having applied that to my personal and professional life has completely and utterly changed my life. And it really helps in terms of, you know, keeping working hard over a sustained period of time. You know, one of the dangers of being so young and so successful is people's perception of time and overnight success. They immediately think, you know, when you're 30 under 30, that this just happened overnight. Uh, usually it just means you started earlier and were efficient in becoming successful, but yeah. there was a lot of challenges, pivots, transitions, evolutions. I know you guys started as a supplement company even, and you know, like I had mentioned earlier in the interview, you know, delivering pizzas from Pizza Hut just to afford to be able to start the business. But, you know, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. And it's been a decade or more for you to evolve to be such an extreme success. You know, how long do you think it was before you saw something of a result that you were excited? I mean, I shouldn't say excited. So, some type of result where other people believed what you believed is probably a better way to put it. Yeah. So the, I'm pretty sure the website went live in September, 2011. Um, it took us a few months to get our first sale. Like there was just, there just wasn't a sale for a long time. Um, and I'll never forget actually getting that first sale because I was literally running around my bedroom, just absolutely buzzing because, and it was, by the way, it wasn't about the revenue or the money. It was just the fact that a transaction had happened. So that was really cool. Um, and it was about two, yeah, it was about two years after the website went live that we ended up doing our first event. Um, now, before that event, Gymchart was, it, you know, it was your typical up and coming e-commerce business. We were doing revenues of two, 300 pounds a day, three, 400 US dollars a day. And it was at this event, and by the way, we'd spent every penny we had completely emptied the bank. Every penny I'd earned at Pizza Hut and before that went on this event. And this event was the event that we brought YouTubers over to. Long story short, the event went incredibly well. We absolutely smashed it and it was brilliant. I was super proud and we sold out the stock that we had there at that event. Now, because there was only a small number of us in the business at that point, we turned off the website for the weekend because we weren't there to hand make the clothes that were then being sent out, which is crazy to think, right? We literally thought, right, we're not here, so we have to switch off the website. Anyway, we did that. Monday morning after the event, we switched the website back on. And 
during the weekend, we inadvertently created a marketing mix that I think is quite common now. And I'm not saying that we were the first to do it because we certainly weren't, but it's quite common now in terms of, you know, YouTubers who we adored because we didn't watch telly. We only watched YouTubers kids. Um, there was a product that was scarcely available. It was only available at the event, but it wasn't online because obviously the website was off and it was being sold direct to consumer. Turn the website back on on Monday evening. And in the first half an hour of the website going live, we sold 30,000 pounds in revenue. You know, that's 40, $50,000. So we went from doing $400 a day to 40, $50,000 in half an hour. And I literally, I had all the stock as infinite stock because we were never going to sell more than a handful of product. I was literally clawing at my laptop to turn the stock off, going through each individual item, turning it off. Um, everything was sold out Monday night. And it was at that moment where I knew that, you know, we were genuinely onto something special because of this, the huge influx of traffic that went to the website. And, you know, tied into that are two words on my nightstand. You know, I've been I always say blessed to lose over $100 million uh, in the young success and the lessons that I've learned. And the two words that I've learned, I think are a motto, not only for you, but your company. Uh, I have radical humility uh, on my nightstand, my screensaver. Uh, and as I recovered, as I say, economically recovered, uh, I still stare at those words. And now because of the branding and social media side of you know, actually, you know, a middle-aged mutant turtle being able to use social media to have a huge audience. Um, I still look at radically humble. It's really amazing to me that, you know, in completely diverse from where, who I was when we were 20, we, you and I would have had a great time, but we would have been friends because you're way more mature and uh, humble than I was. Uh, but more importantly, humility, how important is it? Uh, and to have it in your 20s is a sign of great wisdom. Yeah. And listen, I, I mean, we have, I'm in the boardroom now on, on this wall, we have the words work hard, stay humble. Humility is absolutely vital. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I was always the most humble person in the world. I have been, I've had my wing, wings clipped several times on this journey. Um, there was one decision that I made that completely changed my entire life and is probably the reason that this business is where it is today. And it was the, the decision to bring in people that are better than me and would essentially stand up to me in my 20s, especially young 20s. Um, and because of that, I've been able to, to your point, to remain humble. It's something I'm super proud of, but I can't really take credit for it because it's the people around me that have, you know, have allowed me to do that, to be honest. But I think you're right. It is so, so, so important. And then when you're in a rapidly growing business, it's so easy to think that everything that you uh, touch turns to gold and you're some sort of special person, but ultimately you're not. You're just someone that's in the right place at the right time and who is working incredibly hard to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, and you know, there's someone that's right behind you. There's right now, there is a 19 year old in their bedroom building up something new that could be significantly larger than Jim Shark is today. And we need to be super cautious of that and careful and continue to innovate and think outside the box. But you were wise enough to you now, I think last year created an innovation center yourself and mm -hmm. turning within to find the creativity and the greater innovations within your own company. Uh, how important is innovation uh, to you and how much time, resources, et cetera, are you putting towards your innovation lab? I think it's, listen, it's massive. Yeah, we, so we have a full innovation team now. We're building a beautiful building just over the road from here. Um, it's, listen, it's so, so, so important. And it's something that I'm 
very, very acutely conscious of because, and I still think I'm extremely close. I am like a member of the Gymshark community. So because I'm so close to it and I'm in it, it's quite easy for me to connect the dots. And it has been for the last eight years of running this business. But I'm super aware of the fact that I'm now 28 and I feel very old. Um, so I think, you know, we want to stay so close to the community and we want to be thinking outside the box. We want to be mapping out what the future of this world looks like. Our business model, for example, is not, is the business model that everyone's sort of trying to adjust into. But we're thinking, right, that's almost old news. Where are we going with this? How are we going to connect products in a way that no one else does? How are we going to connect people in fitness in a way that no one else does? And these are questions that we ask ourselves every single day. So we don't want to rest on our laurels and remain stagnant as a business as we are today. I'm, I'm proud of where we've come come to at this point, but there's so much more opportunity for us going forward. Absolutely. Last question real quick. You know, I believe life is about lessons. Lessons will keep on coming until you learn them. Uh, you know, what has been your biggest lesson that you've learned uh, and what would you tell entrepreneurs about that lesson? The... I mean, there's so many. The, the the one that comes to mind that's I think specific for entrepreneurs is there's there's this thing I think that happens today that people will say like you're you know you're special the way you are the way you are is great and there's something that I've learned very much the hard way is the way you are might not be the way that you should be and as an entrepreneur you need to constantly constantly change. So when Gymshark first started, I had to drag the business to where I thought it would go, almost irrelevant of the opinions, because that, you know, you have to be quite almost arrogant in your mind as an entrepreneur, because you've got a vision, no one else has done it, and you need to take it there. Then as you build a team and have people around you, you need to learn to listen. And then as the business grows even more, you need to learn how to articulate yourself and your vision in a way that resonates with people so that they're going to pull in the same direction as you. And I've found that I have to change for the business rather than the business having to change to me. And I have to constantly adapt and be open to changing and adapting every single day. So as an entrepreneur, you have to really hold yourself accountable to changing and growing every single day. You know, as they always say, only a wet baby likes change. So it's good to know that you're embracing the change as well. Well, you're an incredible entrepreneur. The accolades don't even do you justice. I can see why the success has been yours and will be yours in the future. Ben Francis, founder and owner of Gymshark, thank you so much for joining me here on Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.